I am so excited to be teaming up with Pandora to bring you these special episodes of Rain to celebrate our inspirational female sporting stars. Pandora are the official national jewelry sponsor of the UEFA Women's Euro 2022. With games across nine UK cities, this is a sporting moment for everybody. One that's a celebration of inclusion, diversity, and female empowerment, something both Rain and Pandora are all about. The UEFA Women's Euros are set to be the biggest women's European sporting event in history and will create half a million new football opportunities for women and girls by 2024. That is real change we should all be cheering for. Together, Pandora and Rain want to encourage women and young girls everywhere to follow your dreams and reach your goals. Not just during this epic summer of sport, but always be it on the court, on the pitch, or in your career. So babes, let's come together to be fearless and create our own story, just like our inspirational athletes. And with Pandora, there's always a piece of jewelry you can create or customize to help tell that story. Just head to pandora.net or your nearest store. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. I'm so glad you're here, babes. If you know anything about me, you'll know that I am absolutely obsessed with women's sport and there's so much of it to look forward to this summer. So I wanted to dedicate a few special episodes of the podcast this summer to some of our most inspirational athletes. This podcast is all about opening up, having big conversations, celebrating wins and taking the losses as lessons to make it rain over our own lives. I always find things in these conversations to think about in my own life and I really hope you will too. So, welcome to rain. All together now, it's coming home. It's coming home, it's coming. Because in this episode, we are joined by England footballer, Nikita Paris. Nikita has come a long way from a homemade football pitch in Liverpool to the top of the women's football game, playing for the likes of Manchester City, Everton, French team, Olympique Lyonnais, and now she plays for Arsenal. Nikita has also held the record as the all-time leading scorer in the Women's Super League and has lifted multiple trophies, including the UEFA Women's Champions League. Plus, she was also named the FWA Women's Footballer of the Year in 2019. Today, Nikita joins us from the middle of training ahead of the Women's Euros and opens up about the moments that made her the athlete she is today. She shares some amazing words on how mental health impacts her performance and why it needs to be spoken about more in the football world. Plus, she talks about the work we all need to do for gender equality in football, why it's time to stop comparing men's and women's football, and how Nikita's become the representation in sport she desperately needed growing up. It's impossible not to be inspired listening to Nikita, so hopefully you will love this episode too. Crowns at the ready, let's rain. Hello, babe. How are you? Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm so excited for the Euros this summer. I can't even, like, all morning I've been chatting and it's coming home. It's coming home before I've been speaking to you. And I really feel like if anyone's going to bring it home, it's going to be you gals. Are you dreaming big for this summer? Tell me, how are you feeling? Yeah, we feel confident, you know, but I guess every other team, or every other player in every other team feels confident going into the summer. 
um, no one's going to say before the first game that they don't feel like they could win it because otherwise they're already waving the white flag before they begin the tournament. I think we've just got to concentrate on ourselves, our own preparation and ultimately bring in the best between the 6th and the 26th of July. Well, it's coming up quick. What are you doing to prepare right now? How intense is the training? To be honest, the training's only just begun. We started Monday um, because we all had a couple of weeks holiday after the long season that we've had. So the training from Monday till now has been pretty intense. Um, but ultimately, you have to get the body back into the rhythm and make sure yeah, that you're ready to go. Yeah. Well, I've got a feeling you're going to be in that winning zone for the whole of July. And I can't wait to see it. But it's been such a journey for you to get into that England kit hasn't it? Like, let's take it back to the beginning of your journey with football. When did you first fall in love with football? And when did you first get that that dream that you wanted to be a football player? Um, for me, taking it right back to the start, it was at the age of three, four, watching my brothers play in the garden with the local neighbours. Um, I lived in a court in LA. And one of our neighbours had like a big garden and he created a football pitch for us. And that's where all the boys played for a few years and I just used to watch them. Then one day they asked me to join in and I never looked back really. What have been some hurdles and stumbling blocks you've really had to overcome in order to realise your dreams, would you say? I think the stumbling blocks that I've came across is, is definitely accessibility. Um, I lived in, in the city of Liverpool and the Elite Academies were all on the outskirts of Liverpool. So that's at least 45 minutes to an hour drive. But my mum didn't drive, so I had to depend on my uncles, my aunties or just parents of other players to be able to get there. And I was quite lucky in the fact that I did have people that were willing to take me and were just as dedicated as me to be able to, you know, help me realise my dream and... I feel like that's a common denominator for many um, inner city communities and many young players coming from these communities is the accessibility to get to these academies. Mm. Do you think that's giving you the determination, knowing you had to make those sacrifices, knowing that other people had to make those sacrifices around you in order for you to then even make it like an hour down the road to get to these academies to train in the first place? Yeah, definitely. I think for me as a as a player, um, but even as a person to watch how much time people have dedicated to ensure that I um, reach my dreams and attain my aspirations. It's definitely something that is always in the back of my mind and will always be the reason why I give back to allow other people them opportunities to, you know, realise their own dreams. I guess as well, you have those stumbling blocks and those challenges when you're starting out. And then when you become a professional player, there's a whole other level of stumbling blocks, injuries, difficulties. What do you think have been some really formative moments in your career that have really shaped you and made you the athlete that you are today? I think there's there's many throughout your career. I've been quite fortunate in my career to not have a major serious injury, which has kept me out a long time. Um, but for me, I think the biggest challenge that I've had to date is definitely going abroad and playing, leaving my comfort zone um, with friends, family around me that can support me to travel and live in France, where there's a new language, new culture, 
different way of playing and then being able to adapt, which took me, to be fair, a long time to be able to feel settled and really feel myself because it's hard to try and bring across your personality as a person and as a player when you don't really speak the language. Mm. How did you pull yourself out of that moment? I focused every day on trying to learn something new. And to be honest, I had to adapt slowly but surely. It took me at least 10 months to be able to fully feel like myself and fully feel like I could express myself. So every day I'd learn something new in French, like a new word. I'd go to a, a different store and try and speak um, to the to the sales staff. Sometimes it was very bad, bad French. Sometimes it was very bad broken English, so they'd understand me. <laughs> Because um, this Scouse accent isn't easy to understand. Um, yeah, and I guess I just learned to eat a little bit more about Leon as a place, um, just to help me feel settled and understand my surroundings. And each and every day was a new challenge, little challenge for me. And that's how I became competitive and successful in settling down, because I just changed my mindset to be more more adaptive and more yeah competitive. I mean, the extent of my GCSE French is so bad that I'm literally like, bonjour, babe. And I'm literally like, I can't, I can't, I can't from there. So I literally don't envy that challenge you put yourself through at all. Yeah, I don't see that. GCSE French, I don't even think I was probably in the classroom at that point. So yeah, good luck. I, was, I had no chance to give myself no chance, really. I think mean, that's such an important point that you just picked up on as well, because the mental side of sport is so intrinsic to your performance. And I feel like we're only just waking up to how mental health can impact performance as well, especially when we look at athletes like Naomi Osaka, who have really opened up about it and been able to talk about it and also change the way that people approach it in sport. How do you think that your mental well-being and mental health has affected your performance at different points and how have you learned to keep a balance between your mental health and also being a professional athlete? Yeah, it's a great point and I do think that mental health is only just really being understood within football as a sport um, and sports in general. Really, it's a very taboo subject. Nobody wants to really talk about it and I truly do praise those people who do because it really helps others when they're not willing to speak up for themselves. And I think mental health, you do go through ups and downs in football. There's there's many that you go through. And I always got told this one line, never get too high and never get too low. And that stops you really from going on a roller coaster of emotions. If you try and stay on an even keel, even through the good times as well as the bad, that you'll never really put yourself where you have a, like a dramatic change in your emotional state. Mm. that is such a powerful statement to get from one of your teammates because I think being an athlete and this is something I always find so fascinating about athletes in general is you really have to define your success and failure is really defined by a medal a podium place if you score a goal if you lose if you win and it's so binary what success and failure is kind of seen in sport so how have you sort of renegotiated your definition of what failure and success is? 
I think for me, success and failure is almost still ingrained in us as human beings as whether you win a medal or you don't. That is ultimately your whole build-up of a, say, a tournament or a season is based upon winning that trophy. But for me, little wins to attain that bigger win is every day. Every day being injury-free, every day being healthy, every day giving your, putting your best foot forward and trying to put yourself in a, the best place to be able to att- attain that bigger dream of, you know, their major trophies that everyone wants. It's why we're all in sport. It's what our competitive mindset is based upon winning trophies. Mm. Is there a moment of, in inverted commas, failure that you thought was a bit of a disaster at the time, but now is an ultimately been a positive that's empowered you now you look back on it yeah there was one season for me it will always stick in my mind I was I just turned 18 I was playing for Everton and we barely won a game that year in the league we were so bad I think we finished like second or third to bottom it was one of the toughest seasons I've ever faced as a as a player as a professional but then we went on this unbelievable FA Cup run in the same season. I just, for me, that will always teach me like the contrasts of the different competitions and how in one competition you could be absolutely failing in, failing in trying to score and goals and, and not being able to get the win over the line. But then in another competition, it's a whole fresh new mindset. Um, and I feel like when we went to that final that was a win in itself because, yeah, we'd gone through a whole season of so much turbulence um, as a group of players, but yet we made the FA Cup final, which for me was remarkable in that time, in that period, where we was just not in a great place. But then that pushed me on mentally going forward, knowing that you could you could go through some of the toughest times, but there's always a, a bright light at the end of the tunnel, and our bright light was that FA Cup mm. final. And I mean, you've been a bright light in football for a while now because you've been the Women's Super League all-time top scorer. You've also been named Women's Footballer of the Year by the Football Writers Association. Like, you are the best. So how has your relationship with the idea of being the best changed? And does it come with a lot of pressure? How do you sort of move through moments of personal pressure and also external pressure as well I think ultimately external pressure that only comes if you allow it to be a weight on your shoulders naturally as a as a footballer you put almost these expectations on yourself to deliver whether as a forward it's goals as a defender it's to not to not leak goals Um, and everyone I think has a mindset of wanting to be the best version of themselves some want to be the best in the world and for me, that's that was my, always my mindset growing up. I wanted to be the best in the household, the best in the school, the best in the football team, um, the Sunday League team. And I think that mindset's just always been a part of me. And it's always been the, the one thing that's helped drive me forward each and every time. Um, even through the hard times, you know, in football, you have ups and downs. But, and there's moments in your career where it becomes a bit stagnant. But for me, I've always been determined in the same mindset of wanting to be the best. And that will, for me, that will always mm. stay. I absolutely love that. And I guess that is your motivation every single morning when you get out of bed. Because 
whenever I know that I've got to get out of bed and do exercise, I'm like already in my head thinking about 600 different reasons why I'm not going to do it. Because I need to know this as someone who is slightly demotivated with exercise at present. Do you still have those moments where you're like laying in bed and you're like, oh God, not today. Or do you just like jump out of bed and you're like, let's go. No, there's definitely some mornings where you're a little bit slower getting up, especially towards the end of a season or definitely throughout pre-season when your muscles are aching, your body's aching, you're thinking, how am I actually going to get through this session? Like, the last session was hard enough. But I guess they're the moments that really push you forward and especially when it comes to crunch time in a major game, they're the moments you think of, the hard-fought yards that you've put in in the pre-season or throughout the season them horrible gym sessions that you've never wanted to do. Um, they're the moments you think of and that you've got through that really pushed you to this point. So, yeah, they're, they're all moments, definitely. No no one can say there's not, but they're not so overwhelming that I wouldn't, I would, it would stop me from, from actually completing the session. Mm, I think I need to um, basically play this episode back in my mind every time when I get up in the morning and think, like, be the best. You're going to be the best get through it and then I was like skip out of bed in the morning I'd be skipping down to that gym (laughs) (laughs) already inspired (laughs) these special episodes of Rain celebrating our inspirational female sporting stars are brought to you in collaboration with Pandora who are the official national jewelry sponsor of the UEFA Women's Euro 2022 This summer of sport is all about encouraging women and girls everywhere to feel empowered and motivated to be the person they want to be. Just like these inspirational female athletes you're hearing from in these episodes, you can achieve anything. Whether it's in sport, your career, or any of your life goals, get out there, be fearless, and write your own story. Rain and Pandora are both about lifting up the inspirational people in our lives too. The UEFA Women's Euros are set to be the biggest women's European sporting event in history. So let's back our incredible athletes and make this not only a game-changing summer, but a legacy for women's sport that lasts forever. One of the things I think is so inspirational about women's football, particularly now at this juncture in time, is... I mean, a lot has been said around the gender disparity in sport. There's so much more room to go and there's so much more we need to do to actually make a a gender equality happen in sport. For you, what still frustrates you around the sexism and the gender disparity in sport? I think the most frustrating part is how people directly compare the men's and the women's game because... Mm. Men and women, historically, physically, emotionally, mentally, are very different human beings. Men are built in a in a certain way that allows them to have more power, more physical presence than a woman has. So for me, when you try and compare the men's game, like the women's game is much slower and stuff like that, that that's a real frustration because people tend to always directly compare we'll never see the beauty in what the women's game does produce um and there'll always be i guess them direct comparisons um to the women's game and then there's the argument about you know the pay and how the women's culture doesn't produce in um as much money as the men and that's that's true we don't have the revenue that the men does 
but our game is like 50 years behind the men's. So we need to allow it to have time to be able to develop. The, the depth and quality of player is so much faster in the men's game than it is the women's because ultimately from a young age, women are taught football is a men's game. Mm. That is some of the, some of the most frustrating elements of for me as a football player because ultimately my mum never said to me, Nikita, you can't pick up a ball, you have to pick up a Barbie doll. So we need to try and change the mindset, the culture of how we raise our children to give them the best opportunity to be the best at what they can do, whether it's football or netball, or whether it's computers or, you know, another aspect, um, aesthetics, nails. It, to me, you just got to give your child the opportunity and the open the horizon to be able to choose what avenue they want to go down. Don't force them to be able to be in a certain stereotypical way. One hundred. I could not agree with that more because I always remember thinking when I was at school and we used to do PE and sports and stuff and we used to get so separated out. So the boys do this, the girls do this. So I was literally getting made to play football and rugby and let me just tell you, I did not want to play rugby. I was like, I hate this. I want to go play hockey. But they were like, I always remember the teacher saying to me, but that's a girl sport. And that mentality really does get ingrained in so many people from such a long age and we really need to break that down because there's still so many stereotypes that still surround what being a female footballer is as well what kind of stereotypes around that really frustrate you still i think ultimately the stereotypes of women um girls should wear pink and boys should wear blue stuff like that stereotype stereotypes as well is kind of stopping us from moving forward as a as a culture, I think, because ultimately it will stop young young boys thinking thinking, oh, well, I shouldn't, I don't have to, um, I shouldn't be able to tap dance, or I that's not a sport that I want to go into, and why why can't it be? Like stereotypes mm. is, yeah, is a very frustrating topic for many people, and I guess we could go on for long periods about it. I I think the ultimate thing for me is that we learn from how we, you know, raise our own children and how we raise, what influence we have on other people like our nieces and nephews and, like, just give them an open mindset. Mm. And I guess that kind of doubts around women's football as well kind of drive you forward to be the best even more, right? To be like whatever you're going to say, I'm still going to go out there and score those goals and prove you wrong. Yeah, definitely. It definitely fuels something inside you that wants to prove a point. I don't know if that's the competitive side of the mentality or that's just the human side, just to show that, you know, women can do it. We have the ability to do whatever we put our minds to. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I love talking to you because you can tell you're so strong in your sense of self and your sense of your own voice as well, which I think is so amazing and it's inspirational to hear. And in the last couple of years, I mean, we've had so much resurgence of social movements, particularly Black Lives Matter. How do you think that has impacted the way you use your voice and inspired you to use your voice more? I think for me, um, there are many, many 
problems to our world today. Uh, many we've just seen recently the shooting in America and these big atrocities that go on and you know really do affect people's lives. And I think as a role model, as an athlete, as a person who's got a platform to be able to you know give voice to the voiceless, it's imperative that we do. Not just me, but all people who have a platform who who have a back and who have people who listen to them or people who look up to them and, and tell them that they're their role models. We have a responsibility to try and, you know, help the world move forward and put the world in a better place than it is today because ultimately there are many people suffering um, out there and they don't feel like they have a way to express their feelings and their emotions um, and for me, the most important thing is that we allow ourselves to be able to, you know, yeah, definitely give a voice to the voiceless and make them feel seen. That's the most important, that they feel seen, they feel heard, and they feel valued within this world where not many f- people can say they actually feel like they've found their place yet. And hopefully many of us who have platforms can help them find their place in this world. Mm-hmm. Did you feel seen and represented when you were growing up? No, um, not in women's football. I didn't feel like, you know, when I when I looked when I watched games that there were many black women playing in the in the league. Um, there's still not today. There's less than twelve percent currently playing in the league. So I know how you know young women, young black women feel um, growing up in today's world because there's not much representation at the highest level um, where they can they see a pathway or they feel a sense of I can attain that dream um, but for me that's that's the challenge off the pitch for me to help make sure that they, that they do feel that there's a pathway and they, they have an opportunity to have those role models um, to be able to to look up to and you know to aspire to to feel like they're walking in the same footsteps you know I remember watching Rachel Yankee um my favorite player of all time was Julie Fleeton she played for Arsenal and Rachel Yankee played in the same team Mary Phillips played also played in the first te- same team Leanne Sanderson so there was there was players out there that I could look up to but it was only a handful and plus I can name them probably off both hands so um, for me, it's important that we move forward and there's more numbers. Mm. And I think with that in mind, it's so amazing to see you in the Pandora campaign representing so much. What do you, what does that mean to you to be in that campaign? I think to me, it's, it's very special. You know, Pandora as a company value, value diversity and they have many targets that they want to attain in 2025 and 20 and 2030 where diversity across the board especially in the highest level of the company um is of equal parity and that's important when companies are willing to put out a mission statement such as that to say that they want to you know create an equal world for for all employees across the board men and women um regardless of demographic or you know ethnicity that is that is that's a positive step, and they're the steps that we want to take as a as a culture to be able to you know push forward and ensure that you know we all do feel valued in this world. 
Mm. How much do you think that seeing you in this campaign would have helped you when you were growing up, particularly to like, you know, celebrate your beauty, your body image, the way you are, how would have that impacted you? Oh, I think it would have been massive. Um, because growing up, ultimately, as I said, when I was growing up, there was many times where people were, set, were just like a passing comment of, you know, women don't play football or, you know, you have to you have to have a certain look to play football where and I guess when you think about it you do have to be fit but who says that fit is a stereotypical you know thin um thin thin frame or I guess there's many different body types that you'll see in football and that's what I like the most about football that it's very expressive also I do like other sports like netball because they almost shatter the stereotypical sports law when it, when it comes to participants and players playing in the sport and that's massive because mm. you know young people growing up they they always say or always look at these you know aspiring models or these you know victorious secret models and want to be like them but to attain that body shape is very difficult in a healthy way for the majority of people. Mm. How has your relationship with your own body image changed, would you say? Um, for me, I don't think um, body image for me is, has ever been a real, real issue. Um, as an individual, I've always been quite sporty, quite athletic and um, the only thing that's changed as the years have gone by is is diet, and that's to improve and give me the best possible chance to be able to perform at the highest level. Um, but that didn't come into play till I was into my twenties, and I really understood why I was changing. You know, I'm a person that always asks the question, "Why? Why do I have to change? Why do I have to?" Because until you understand why you're doing it, you're never really going to get the full benefit. Yeah, I love that. Always ask why. And I've always been like, <laughs> that's been me my whole life. Like, but why am I doing this though? <laughs> like, literally, literally, like, I just need to know why am I doing it? <laughs> yeah, that is so me. <laughs> just like, why? Like, <laughs> with the eye roll attached to it as well at the end. <laughs> that is very much peak me in so many situations. <laughs> And I mean, you are such an incredible role model. And I think what's so important to say about role models are your role models don't need to look like you to also be role models. Like even talking to you today, like I can see how much of an amazing role model you are. And I'm going to walk away from this conversation and feel like you're one of my role models now because the way you've talked about determination, being the best, getting up, getting out there, it's so inspiring to hear and I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me today whilst you're in the middle of your <laughs> training for the Euros and bringing it <laughs> home. But before you before you skip off to training, we always end on one question and that always is, we always ask everyone this question. It's in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? What is that rule for you? Oh, good question. Um... 
I think the one thing I've always lived by because it's been so relevant within football and out of football is never get too high and never get too low. I love it. We're really going for that one. I love it. That's such a good one. I think that also it's so comparable to the rest of life as well. I always think if you're always living in this such, because I always used to be like, unless I was like super, super like high energy, I'd be, and if anything dipped below that, I would really, really struggle with it. And then I feel like I was super, 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 super low. And it's kind of the, the goal is to kind of get to an equilibrium within yourself, isn't it? Exactly. And you'll always be balanced and everything, your emotions, your thoughts, and ultimately you'll always make the right decision for you. And that's the most important thing, always making the right decision based on how you feel, how you think. And ultimately you're going to go through ups and downs, you're going to make mistakes, but when, when, you, when that decision resonates within you, you'll never have a regret. I love that. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been amazing. And now just go get that trophy, bring it home for us. I think that's going to be an amazing month for you. So I'm just sending you all the good vibes. Thank you so much, Josh. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode, whether you're inspired to go for a run, join a football team, or get involved with supporting our inspirational athletes. Let me know if you have. I'm on socials at Josh Smith Host, and I always love hearing from you and what you've been up to this summer. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think should hear it and get those combos going. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.